You are listening to the Daily Homily for Magdala in the Holy Land. Jesus said to his disciples, As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day that Noah entered the ark. And the flood came and destroyed them all. Similarly, as it was in the days of Lot, they were eating and drinking, buying, selling, planting, building on the day when Lot left Sodom. Fire and brimstone rained from heaven to destroy them all. So it will be on the day the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, someone who is on the housetop and whose belongings are in the house must not go down to get them. And likewise, one in the field must not return to what was left behind. Remember the wife of Lot. Whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it, but whoever loses it will save it. I tell you, on that night there will be two people in one bed. One will be taken, the other left. And there will be two women grinding meal together. One will be taken, the other left. They said to him in reply, Where, Lord? He said to them, Where the body is, there also the vultures will gather. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We have two, in a way, quite different readings, but also there's an amazing uh, crossover in the readings. Don't go back to the house to get your things at the end of the world. That moment of death is a very serious moment, and people are no longer thinking about the teddy bear they fought over when they were four years old or the stock investment they have in a company, or a book they read, or a book they want to write, and they didn't do it. It's, the world is gone. It's over. Game over. Our practice over, game starting. You know, it's amazing, like it, going into an exam as well, and you have worked so hard whole semester, maybe a couple of years, and we were in in secondary school, high school in, in Ireland, we had to produce knowledge of two years of study at the final high school exams, two or three hours for each, each uh, exam. And some of the exams had two parts. Uh, math had two parts. And I think Irish or English had two parts, uh, each of two and a half, three hours. So they were pretty serious, demanding things. But once the exam time started, <laughs> leave all your books behind you. You have to come in and produce. And in, the, in that sense, there's a whole period that's over. It's definitively over. And there is no announcement when that moment will happen. We knew when the time of the exam was. The first two weeks of June, we had the exams for the end of high school. And the days were already set months ahead, and you could have it on your calendar. So we were new when it was coming. Sometimes doctors can tell us more or less how long we have to live, but 
that's not infallible and it comes and it comes some, most of the time without notice maybe and we're taken by surprise those who are left behind and others are taken from us uh, it's an amazing mystery and it, pondering this aspect of the mystery is good for us because it means we need to be ready and yesterday we had a different message about the kingdom of heaven that the kingdom of heaven is among us I think that was yesterday right the kingdom of heaven is among us or the day before and yesterday also for behold the kingdom of God is among us so in a certain sense it's always here among us and we're always living for the kingdom and not for this world and that's the way Jesus expressed it my kingdom is not of this world in the world but not of the world and so that teaches us to relativize well in a healthy way the things of this world somebody takes great care of the altar cloth and the altar and vessels and so forth and this is all good we need to take care of our homes to take care of medical issues to take care of education needs of of the house, of the roof, the rain is coming, clear the drains, so many different aspects of practical living. But all of that is going and gone. And this is where it connects over a little bit with the first reading, which is so brilliant. And the first reading and the psalm are really one breath. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. And the author of the Book of Wisdom is fascinated how so many people the great Greek culture, that's his kind of debating partner in a way or the background, um, has got so mixed up about divinity with all their gods that are, they have the god of drunkenness and the god of this and the god of the sea and the god of that. And they have, the Greek culture produced amazing works of science and logic, metaphysics, Aristotle, and great speculation about the human person. Uh, great insights, great expressions in drama, in literature, capturing a lot of the perennial features of humankind, and yet weren't able to come to a great uh, perception of God himself. With all their brilliance, their, their uh, majestic human spirit, and they did have that statue in Athens, to the unknown God. So they had a space there. And this author is fascinated by that, but the Greeks didn't have what he had. He had 2,000 years almost of pondering that gift, and definitely more than 1,000 years since the release from Egypt, the people became more consolidated and they had uh, the, the teaching of Moses based on that heritage from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and the Psalms, so there was a whole pondering going on, and then by the time we get to the Book of Wisdom, already the exile is centuries over, and we have had all the prophets with their incredible writings, insights into God, incredible revelation about God's redemptive nature, and so he is fascinated by the universe because he's able to benefit from that great uh, tradition, that great gift he has received, and he's able to dialogue with the Greek culture, but he's been very blessed. And when we come to Mass, I presume most of us do believe in God and the mystery of Christ. 
and the mystery of the Eucharist. And we're pondering this for an extra 2,000 years after the Book of Wisdom. So we have a great blessing of uh, the God of mercy, the God who is Trinity, the God who is communion, the God who gives us communion, communion in the sense of being one together, many coming together in one, the body of Christ, Christ, the spouse of Christ, the clarity about eternal life, even though it's still a mystery of eternal glory, and this whole teaching that Jesus just gave us about the kingdom of God and about the real value that this world is just preparatory. And we have all this wisdom, and we see so many people who don't, and then who have abandoned these sources of living water, these sources of life for eternal life, for glory, for eternal glory. And we can't condemn them. We've received a great blessing. What we have to develop is a great heart for them. A great heart, uh, I would say start praying because that's one thing we can do. And nobody needs to give us permission to pray. And to pray, have a heart of prayer and a heart of love so that when we encounter them and we live in a God world where he is present, the kingdom is present, then we're not going to fight over trivia. We're not going to hold grudges. We're living in the kingdom, a kingdom of forgiveness, a kingdom of redemption, a kingdom of mercy, a kingdom of great meaning, a kingdom therefore uh, unburdened from deep sorrow of futility, the deep sorrow of frustration and confusion and the joy of the kingdom. And this is what people should feel. And this way they can ponder and, and be startled. Like, why are you so serene and so happy in a world that's falling apart? And this can be the beginning also of a conversation and an opening of the spirit. So let's pray that the whole world can come to recognize the proclamation of God's glory in creation and in the history of mankind and redemption. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to learn more about Magdala, follow us on YouTube and on Facebook.